Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. The Oscar winner for Best Picture in 1994, along with another a number of other awards, was the offbeat comedy drama Forrest Gump. In case anybody out there hasn't seen it, it's about a slow-witted young man from Alabama who recounts his apparently imaginary experiences mixed in with some real things, I think. While you know that many things that Forrest tells about didn't really happen, some things obviously did. Forrest tells of being in Vietnam, where he served in the Mekong Delta under Lieutenant Dan Taylor. In the war, Lieutenant Dan loses both of his legs and is very embittered. Sometime after the war, Lieutenant Dan joins Forrest in a fledgling shrimp business in the Gulf of Mexico. Initially, they are unsuccessful, and when they bring up an empty trap, Lieutenant Dan sarcastically asks Forrest, where the hell's this god of yours? Forrest then observes in his narration, it's funny Lieutenant Dan said that because right then God showed up. A hurricane arises which threatens their lives. At the height of the storm, Lieutenant Dan manages to hoist himself up onto the mast of the boat and begins to shout his complaints at God. He screams into the raging wind, it's time for a showdown, you and me, come and get me. So many people are like Lieutenant Dan. They claim not to believe in God and yet are continually angry at him. When I hear the tirades of this embittered man, I hear an echo of another sufferer in the Bible. His name was Job. Here's what he said in chapter 23 of that amazing book. Today also my complaint is bitter. My hand is heavy on account of my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would lay my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know what he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me in the greatness of his power? No, he would pay attention to me. There an upright man could argue with him, and I would be acquitted forever by my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I do not perceive him. On the left hand, where when he is working, I do not behold him. He turns to the right hand, but I do not see him. Have you ever wished for an interview with God, and yet he seemed to be far away, paying no atten attention to your life? Most people who at least think about God in relation to their personal experience have felt this way. I have. Where are you, God? Don't you care about what's happening with me here? Job felt that way, as did Lieutenant Dan. If there is a God, he certainly doesn't love me. He just doesn't care. The fact is, God has already answered us, and it is we who are not paying close attention. God has answered every suffering soul, and in a quite dramatic way, I might add. 
Now, Job lived before the time of Jesus in what we Christians usually call the Old Testament era, the age of the prophets. The prophets of Israel spoke for God in many ways, but mostly their message foreshadowed a greater revelation that was to come. The beginning of the New Testament letter to the Hebrews puts it like this. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. God has answered the cry of people like Lieutenant Dan. His answer was not a long philosophical discourse about the problem of evil in the world. His answer was in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel of John refers to Jesus as the word of God. In the beginning was the word, it begins. The Greek word behind word is logos. The ending of many English words comes from this, biology, geology, anthropology, etc. Biology is the word or the message we could say about life. Geology is the message about the earth and so on. But the message that sums up all messages about the world and us and life in general is the message of Christ sent by God into the world to reveal himself. Our problem is that like Job and like Lieutenant Dan, we have some misguided ideas about what God is really like. Jesus came to straighten that all out. We could sum up the message of Jesus in many ways, looking at what average people say about him. He was a good man, a moral teacher, someone who told us to love each other. Of course, all of that is true, but it misses the big picture. Jesus showed us what God is like, not just in his teaching and his miracles, but he showed us what God is like most clearly in his sacrificial death on the cross. Paul says, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. There's that Greek word again, logos. God has entrusted to us the logos, the message of reconciliation. That is, through the death of Jesus on the cross, God is bringing us back into right relationship to him. It's so important to realize that in this work of reconciliation, God made the first move, and God is the entirely innocent party in this breach of relationship. We are the ones who strayed. We are the ones who brought about this disruption in creation along with all its attendant evils. And while we are the guilty ones, in our suffering, we lash out at God as if it were all his fault. Now, I'm not saying that someone suffering some awful disease is getting what they deserve. You can't draw a straight line between the unfortunate experiences of an individual and that person's failures. Often, very wicked people seem to live happy and carefree lives while others who try to live right suffer horribly. The fact is, 
the world is broken. And in a sense, we have become collateral damage. And this broken involves not just humans, but spiritual beings as well. Three times in the Gospel of John, Jesus calls Satan the ruler of this world. Those events like hurricanes and other natural evils can be laid at the feet of that wicked ruler. To put it another way, the earth is under bad management. But while man's disobedience opened the door for Satan's entrance, God hasn't left us to our suffering. He has intervened in the person of his one and only son, Jesus In the cross, Jesus broke the power of sin and Satan. Again, Paul writes, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Powers and authorities is a reference to those evil spiritual forces presided over by the devil. Jesus defeated them by his death. So you may ask, why isn't everything fixed? Everything is fixed in principle, you might say, and will be fixed practically when Jesus returns to earth to finally put down all evil and usher in a perfect and eternal kingdom. In the meantime, God uses these evils perpetrated by by Satan to perfect us. When I quoted Job in the beginning, I stopped right before this verse. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. He is with you in your suffering. In his awful death at Calvary, Jesus entered into all the suffering of humanity. He knows what you're going through. And in his grace, he is using your suffering to make you like Jesus, which is the ultimate goal of our lives. That's why the Apostle Paul, a man who suffered more than most, said this, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. My friend, don't give up. God is at work. He knows the way you take, and his purpose in your life is that you come forth from your sufferings shining like pure gold to the glory of God. Heavenly Father, give us the grace to trust you even in suffering in difficult times and to know that God has an ultimate purpose that is good and beautiful and eternal. In Jesus' name, amen. My friends, we, uh, I don't know, I don't like to use the word suffering, but we're we're going through some difficult times. We're moving, <laughs> and uh, we've moved a lot in our lives. And you know, it doesn't get any easier when you get older. And we're trying to pack up everything. Our house is a, a wreck right now, and it just seems to be no end to it. And on top of that, for the last three Fridays, interestingly, uh, something three times in a row has happened bad. Uh, I got really sick. Uh, two weeks ago, Friday, last Friday, and then a week ago, uh, Friday, my son had AFib, had to go to the emergency room, and then just this past Friday, my wife had a kidney stone, was in terrible pain, also had to go to the hospital. So would you please pray for us that God would just protect us as we try to finish our packing and get ready to move to Texas, where I will continue doing these quiet talks where, as always, you can reach me by email at Father 
Dot Dan Jones at Outlook.com. God bless you.